Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, I'm finishing today uh, a series that's called Foundations, and the Foundation series is all about, it's not just about like being solid in the Lord, it's all about developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I know that may sound foreign to some because they're used to, well, what do you mean a personal relationship? I mean like you have a best friend or you have a spouse or you have someone that you're really close to. Jesus really wants to be, have a personal relationship with you on a regular basis. So the first uh, two weeks we talked about how do I see God, like what's my uh, concept of God, Um, and then how does God see me, we talked about. And then last week we talked about why is the Bible so important? Because some people say, "Ah, I don't really need the Bible, I'll just wait for God to speak to me when when we realize that God is speaking to us through the Word and the Bible has ultimate authority in our lives. And so today we're going to uh, finish this series, but I believe this one is like, oh, I'm so excited about this today. So listen up, and it's called How to, How to Hear God. How to Hear God Today. And I believe that every single one of you in this room will know how to hear God by the end of this. And if you already know how to hear God and you already hear God, I believe that you'll be able to hear God better and more precisely. How many would say it's, it would be important for you to be able to hear God? Yeah. In a relationship, it would be important for you to hear Uh, the one that you're having a relationship with. God wants to have a personal relationship with you and all great communication is built on good, or all great relationships is built on good communication, right? And I know some people think that they have a a relationship with somebody and they say, we do have communication. I tell them what to do and they do it. Yeah, that's called control, right? Do you know that's not the way God works with us? You know, I have a good relationship with him. I just tell him what to do. And in fact, I send him a book. Here's the book. Read the book. You don't need to talk to me. Like, like God's an old grumpy God. No, that's not God. If, if that's what your perspective of God, then we have the wrong perspective of God. God wants to have personal daily, daily friendship, fellowship, relationship with all of us. And so it's so important to know how to hear God. It's a two-way communication. What's the two-way? We talk to God. That's called prayer. And he talks to us. In fact, some people will say, I question those people who say they hear from God. And I'll say, I question people who say they don't. Who say they're believers, but they don't ever hear from God. You're, you're in a relationship with somebody who never talks to you? In fact, I heard someone say this. They said, uh, when we talk to God... People have an easy, they call it, we call it prayer. But when God talks to us, a lot of people call it schizophrenia. (laughs) See, relationships are supposed to be two-way communication. We talk to God, and people don't have a problem with that, but God talks to us. We talk to God, God talks to us. Uh, So I'm going to give you three uh, points about uh, hearing from God. Number one is this, that it's part of who we are. Hearing from God is part of who we are. I, I, I don't have a lot of points, just have three, but I'd say write these down today. It's part of who you are. It's part of who God has made us to be. It's part, God created us to hear him. If you look in John chapter 10 and verse 11, it says this. Jesus said, or he said, I am the good shepherd. Would you read this with me? I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for 
the sheep. Well, if we know that he's the good shepherd, that's Jesus, then who's the sheep? Well, then we're the sheep. That's pretty... That's a pretty easy one there. Well, if you look down in verse uh, 27, Jesus is still speaking here. And he says, my sheep, which is who? It's us. My sheep hear my voice. I want you to notice, he says, my sheep hear my voice. Which sheep hear, hear the voice? All of us. I believe there's a lot of people who have spiritual deafness, though. In fact, there's an epidemic in our world, and it's not just COVID. In the spiritual world, it's spiritual deafness. People don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord. They don't know how to hear the Lord, right? And so we're jacked up and we blame it on God instead of blaming it on hard of hearing. Or we hear and we don't want to hear. I don't really want to hear that, so I want to hear something else, right? So what did he say? Read it with me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want you to notice the two-way communication. They hear me and I know them. It wasn't just, hey, listen to me and I'm God, stand back. No, he's saying, they hear me and I know them. Do you know God knows what you need? In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, the Father knows what you have need of even before you pray and ask him. He knows your needs. He knows my needs. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Two-way communication. I know them and they follow me. Now look in verse 4. Uh, up toward the top of the chapter, John chapter 10 and verse four. It says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Would you say that with me? The sheep follow him for they know his voice. So what do the sheep hear? See, I know sometimes we just say, well, really what they hear is an impression Really what they hear is just a sense. Really what they, well, you do get, you, you can get a sense and you can be led and you can get an impression. But I want you to notice also he says, they hear my, they hear my voice. So what do the sheep hear? My voice. And how do you know how to follow the Lord? How does sheep know how to follow? They hear what? So the voice not only speaks to them and they hear the voice, but the voice leads them. Which means that if we're, we're really sheep, and we're really in Christ Jesus, then we have the ability, it's been built inside of us to not only hear from God, but to be able to follow God. Somebody, somebody just, you might want to say it over your own life today, say, I'm a sheep, I hear the voice of the Lord, and God directs me with his voice. I was talking to a guy a while back, and he kept saying, I don't hear from God, I don't know what's wrong, I don't hear from God, I don't hear from God. And I said, are you a believer? Yes, I am. Well, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Why are you saying I don't hear from God? He said, because I don't hear from God. (laughs) And I said, stop saying I don't hear from God. That's like saying I'm not a Christian because I don't feel like a Christian. I'm not going to heaven because I don't feel like a Christian. Let me ask you, do you always feel like a Christian? Do you always feel like a believer? But I don't say I'm not a believer because I don't feel like a believer. Well, I don't say I don't hear God because I don't feel like I hear God. No, I, I, I say what his word says. And Jesus said, somebody say it, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So if Jesus said it, what do we say as sheep? I hear the voice of God. And I remember I began to tell this guy, hey, just start saying this. I hear the voice of the Lord. He goes, what if I don't? I said, well, Jesus said you do. And stop saying you don't. He said, okay, I hear the voice of the Lord. And every time you feel directionless, say, I hear the voice of the Lord. I hear God's voice. I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. You're not making this stuff up. Is this mind over matter? No, this is Jesus' words over your problems. 
right? So what, do you, what did he say? He said, I, okay, I, I hear the voice of the Lord. He came back a couple weeks later. You know, I, I think I'm starting to hear the voice of the Lord. I think, I think I'm starting to catch what God's will is. Yeah, because you stop saying, I don't hear. Like, you know, you start putting earplugs in and saying, I can't hear. Take the earplugs out. Start saying what Jesus said. My sheep, say it again. I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. And I follow his voice. Um, so how do we hear him? Do we hear him audibly? I, you know, I can't remember. Sometimes the voice of the Lord is so distinct that I, you know, I don't know if it's audible or not audible, just meaning like you can hear my voice. But I can't remember hearing the audible voice of the Lord, like, like you'd hear someone behind you and go, hey, I mean, there's times where I've, I've heard something in my life. I can't even remember when. But the times that I hear, it's a voice on the inside. How do we hear the Lord? It's a voice on the inside. Why? Because you're a spiritual being and God's a spiritual being. And the way that he communicates is his spirit to your spirit. So, the, so his spirit doesn't have a... See, see, the voice that you hear me, you hear me because there's wind inside of me and it's coming out of my vocal cords and they're vibrating and my mouth is forming words, and so you hear that. The Lord is not speaking through a set of vocal cords. The Lord's not speaking through tone and sound. He's speaking spirit to spirit. Sometimes it's quicker. Sometimes he can deliver things spiritually to you that are full paragraphs in just a couple of words. And you go, I just know that, and it takes you a little while longer to translate it or to say it. Do you know what I mean? Anybody know what I mean? Because he speaks spirit to spirit. So how do you know that God is speaking to you. How do we hear him? Is it audibly? Well, God's a spiritual being and so are we. It says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. Would you look there? It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. See, we were made in the image of God and we were made in the likeness of God. We were given certain uh, characteristics. We were given certain abilities and certain capabilities, not only to survive, but to be able to communicate to be able to have relationship with not only God, but with other people. That we were given uh, abilities within ourselves, but we were given a spirit to be able to communicate spirit to spirit with God. Remember in John chapter four, Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, for God is spirit, so those who worship must worship in spirit. The way we communicate to God and the way he communicates to us, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Parents of, uh, of newborns, uh, you know, they always give special attention to the newborns. And I, you know, I, every time I, hold a, I would hold a newborn, one of mine or someone else's, I look at them and I'm just like, oh man. And you're looking at them and you want to communicate. I remember my own babies, I just hold them for hours, sometimes in the middle of the night. And you want to communicate love and comfort. You don't want to just like, you know, toss them over to the side and say, ah, whatever. No, because when, when, what happens? First of all, they start crying, keep you up, Right? thinking about yourself too. So you're coming, but you, wanna, you want to hold them and comfort them and even learn how to swaddle them and, and, and wrap them up and make them feel loved and held and comforted and taken care of. That's what you want to communicate. They may not understand English, but they understand love, right? But you also want to understand their needs. And, and sometimes, you know, mamas, and, 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 and dads sometimes, but mainly mamas, they can look at a baby and the baby goes, and they go, oh, he, he's hungry. You go, how'd you know that? Oh, he's just communicating. Well, was that English? No, no, it was, it was, hmm, yeah. 
you know? Or sometimes they have those little grunts. <clears throat> oh, they gotta go to the bathroom. Or they, they did go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? Well, did they communicate? They communicated. Was it English? It wasn't English. But they communicated in some way. See, there's different ways that they communicate. Uh, you know, I, I've seen some couples, you know, sometimes you'll, I'd be in a, sitting down with them and I'd say, say something. I'd say, what do you think about that? And the spouse looks over and say, oh, he, he doesn't like that. <laughs> well, how do they know? You can just see by their body language. He doesn't like that. Didn't have to say a word. See, God communicates to us. We communicate to God and God has a way uh, to communicate and he wired us, he built us in his image, in his likeness to be able to the same way communicate with him. How can we think that we're superior that we can communicate with one another but with God it's so much different like he's inferior. No, God catches us and we can understand God by the way that he wired us and made us as well. We were given certain abilities to understand and we always focus on with babies like those first words. Those first things. Let me tell you, God is caring about every single thing with you and I. He didn't create us to live in isolation. He created us to live in fellowship with him. I find it interesting that some people teach that God doesn't speak today. God spoke from day one, and he's spoken for over 4,000 years to people. All throughout the word he's speaking to people. In the Old Testament he's speaking to people. New Testament he's speaking to people. All throughout... Uh, you, you see people, God speaking and God speaking, and all of a sudden, what did God one day say? I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Take the book. Well, what kind of relationship is that? I think God doesn't want to speak to it. He already spoke. He's spoken his word. So I'm just going to take his word, and I'm not going to speak anymore. Well, of course, it is his word, and that's a primary way he speaks to us. But God also wants to fellowship with us and speak to us and guide us on a daily. Since when did God stop speaking? I just find it, I find it foolish. Um, if you want to know anything, you know, some people say, just read it in the book. God's still speaking today. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7 says this. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. The dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. I want you to notice our spirit, spirit to spirit. Our spirit will not only live in fellowship with God today, but it's going to live in eternal fellowship with God forever. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Somebody say one spirit. See, when we're believers in Christ, we're one spirit with the Lord. We're not trying to just get in contact with some distant God way out there in the galaxies. No, we're one spirit with the Lord. When he feels things, we feel things. When he's speaking things, we speak things, right? We, we catch what he's saying. Why? Because we're his sheep. We hear his voice. God is communicating to us. God loves us. He speaks to us. We can hear him. Number two, God speaks in, in different ways. Write this down. God speaks in different ways different ways. He speaks in a variety of ways. There's four different ways that I want to uh, give you. And number one is this, uh, he speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. You know, you say, well, how do you know he speaks in different ways? Or, or uh, uh, let me just give you some context to our lives. Do you have, if you have a relationship with a best friend, if you have a relationship with a spouse, if you have a relationship with a, with a, with a friend, with a mom, with a dad, with, with people that you're with, you communicate with them in all kinds of different ways. You text them, you write them, you send little notes to them. 
Um, uh, you, may, you may share, you know, girls will share, or maybe guys too, you know, share recipes back and forth, right? You write things down. People will write cards, right? Love letters. You write things down, right? You, you send, again, you send texts, you send notes, you give them a wink, you give them a handshake, you give them a hug. You're communicating different things in different ways. Uh, even when someone passes away, they have a last will and testament. These are things that I want to live on beyond my life. I want to continue to communicate my will, you know, beyond wedding vows, right? You don't just come in and say, oh, you know, yeah, I think I want to be with you. No, you have some vows that you write down and you want them to be particular vows that you say, make sure that you say these things because if we have some junk go on, uh, you know, some, some, some conflict or some hard times, I want to make sure that we're going through the, the deep waters and the shallow waters, right? The fire and the flood, we're going through together. So you put in some vows in your wedding vows. Um, sometimes though, in relationships, you don't even have to say things. You don't even have to communicate. Someone just says something and you just go, you know, like I said about the couple, they, oh, oh, he doesn't like that. She doesn't like that. You know, it's the same way with God. When you have a relationship with the Lord, there's times where, in fact, there's a, there's a verse in the Old Testament that says, don't be like the mule that's stubborn and he has to ride you and put like bit and bridle. He has to show you what to do. He's saying, don't be like the mule. Don't be like the donkey. And there's some other words for that. He's saying, but be like the person that God can guide you with his eyes. In other words, God just glances over in a direction and you're saying, God, is that what you're saying? God, is that what you're doing? I'm going to go over in this direction. See, that's how we ought to be in touch with the spirit of God. That God just glances in a direction and we know which direction he's going. We know what he's saying. He can, we can guide him. Why? Because we become close to the Lord. God speaks in different uh, ways. But number one is through his word. And I'm going to give you a, a scripture on this. Last week we went over the importance of the Bible. For 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. Someone, somebody say inspired. Inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what's true and make us realize the wrongs in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us What's, uh, what's right? The word inspired is also the word God breathed. God breathed. How did man become a living being? In the book of Genesis, it says that he made man out of the dust, but then he breathed into man the breath of life. Also, it says that all scripture, all scripture is God breathed. He breathed into man. Though there was 36, 37 writers of this book, there's one author, and that's the Holy Spirit. He breathed his words. And by the way, these words are a person. Jesus said he is the word of God, which means the words are life. That's why sometimes you'll be reading scriptures, and one of the scriptures will just jump back on you, right? Right? And you're like, whoa, <laughs> what was that, right? Well, it jumped on you. It jumped out at you, Right? Well, what was it? it? It became alive to you. It wasn't just like, oh, that's really cool. No, it was like, wow, it really applies to your life. There's times I'll be writing, reading scriptures and the scripture hits you so deep and you realize that's exactly what I've been praying about this week. Anybody ha ever have that happen? It's exactly what I've been praying for direction. Why? Because the word is alive. So through his word, it's inspired. It's a person. Number two is through his peace, right? Through his peace. What does that mean? Well, you have... Uh, 
Somebody would say like a green light or a red light on the inside or a caution, you know, yellow light on the inside. Some people say, I run yellow lights. No, no, let's just say green lights and red lights on the inside. A peace on the inside. In the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. How do you know you're a believer? Because you have a spirit and in your spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. And you have the witness of the Holy Spirit. Just like in court, there's a witness. There's not only your testimony, but the witness, right? The way that you know you're a believer is because not only your witness, but the witness of the Holy Spirit bears witness. Well, the same way that you can have assurance of salvation in your heart is the same way that you can have assurance of salvation about the will of God or the assurance of the answer of the will of God, right? It says in the book of Colossians, and this is the key verse I want to tell you about through his peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Oh, if there was a scripture I want you to write down because I know some of you are going to need it this week. And you'll go, what was that scripture? It was this one. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. That word rule is literally, it, it, it comes from the word umpire. Or, or I mean, it would literally be translated like we say umpire, like in, a, in baseball, where they say they'll throw the ball and they'll say, was it a strike or an out? And they'll say it was a strike or right or it was, or there, or it was a, a save. A ball. Yeah, they'll say it was a strike or a ball. You said save, it threw me off. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, that's also safe. That's right. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's an umpire dude. Umpires do that too. Okay. They say save or they say out, right? They say strike or they say ball. Well, that's on the inside. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside. And when you're praying about a decision, on the inside, you'll get nope, or you'll get, yeah, you'll just get a piece. You'll get a green light, or you'll get a red light. I remember there was a girl that I was dating, not Tiffany, some years and years ago before we were married. And I remember I really liked her. I really liked her. And I really, really wanted it to work out. And I went to my brother, Jerry. I said, hey, Jerry, I, I want you to pray about this, this situation. He said, well, what, what is it? And I said, there's this girl that I really like. I hadn't been dating her for a long time, but I said, I really, really, really like her. He said, can I ask you a question? I thought, I don't really like Jerry's questions because, <laughs> ha. He said, when you pray about it, he said, do you get a red flag on the inside? I said, Yep. He said, well, then do you even need to pray about it? I said, nope. And I called her up and said, hey, this isn't going to work out. Well, see, I didn't need him to tell me that. I already knew it. I just didn't want to admit it. Right? But how many times do we get into, do we get into a mess? We get into trouble. In fact, how many times do we, we do something and we violate what some people would call violate your conscience? You step over something that you think, and then you say, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I knew when I entered into that transaction that I shouldn't have done it. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have signed that business deal. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have applied for that job. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have taken that promotion. Or I knew I, because the opportunity, I knew I shouldn't have dated that person. I knew I shouldn't have been fooling around with this. And you knew it, and then when the trouble hits, you come back and go, God, what happened? Well, what happened was you had a red flag, you ran through a stoplight, 
And now you're getting the ticket, right? Yeah, you have a peace. The Bible says, let the peace. Somebody say, let the peace. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Rule in your hearts. If you, uh, have a, if you have a, don't have a peace about something, don't even pray about it. If you don't have a peace about something, you don't even need to pray about it. Just, you just don't do it. The, the Holy Spirit's already leading you. I mean, you can pray about it if you want to. We'll be in leaders' meetings sometimes. And we'll be at an impasse where we don't know which way to go. Same thing with council meetings. We'll be at an impasse. We don't know which way to go, this way or this way. And we don't know which way to go. And we'll just come and we'll talk back and forth the pros and cons. And then we'll just stop and say, you know, we're not getting anywhere. Let's just stop and pray about it. As if, you know, this is our last resort. Well, we did, we did pray about it. But we just say, let's ask the Lord again about it. We'll stop and pray and come back in, you know, three or four or five minutes sometimes. And we'll just come back and say, what did you get? What did you get? What did you get? What did you get? And almost every single time, all of us got the same thing. We had, Bam, the answer, and we found the will of the Lord, and we went, we moved forward with it. We'll do the same thing in our family, right? We come up to a big decision, or we come up to something, and I just say, I'm not sure what I do. Any, by the way, any big decision that you have, it's good just to have someone pray and check the peace, check your own heart, check, check, check with them. I'll stop with Tiffany on any decision. We'll stop and pray about it and just get peace on it before we move forward, every single one, and, and, uh, and see what the peace of God, how the peace of God, how how the Lord leads us on the inside. Psalm 16, verse seven says this, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. You know what that means? It means that some things we just need to sleep on. I said some things you need to sleep on because you made too hasty of a decision and there's too many things, there's too much information going on and you say, why does God speak to me at night? Because no one else is speaking to you. Because you're not talking and neither is anybody else. And when you're still, it's time that you can hear the Lord. So what does he say here? I'll bless the Lord who guides me even at night my heart instructs me. Well, it's not just my heart. It's the Holy Spirit in my heart. And he's leading me and guiding me. So many times I'll go to bed and I'll say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I just cast it on you and I go to bed and I wake up with the answer just a few hours later. It's almost like the turkey was cooking in the oven, right? And I woke up and I'm ready to put the temperature in and I go, it's ready. I know which way to go, right? Sometimes we just need to sleep on it, sleep on it. Big decisions, I always say big decisions, sleep on them. Business, personal, sleep on them. Why? Because in the night seasons, the Lord will cause you to catch what he's saying. A, a, a third way, you know, we said through his word, we said through his peace, but through his voice, through his voice. And I don't need to go along with this because we, we already talked about it, but John 10, 27, we read, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Notice this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Recognizing the voice of the Lord, recognizing the voice. You know, uh, when you first meet somebody, and you get on the phone with them if they don't have caller ID or you just pick up the phone and they say, hey, this is Bill or hey, this is John. But after you've talked with them over and over, you know, I know that if I'm in the middle of something and I get a call and it's Tiffany and I didn't see who it was and I pick up the call and I say, hello. And she's like, hey, babe, such and such. I don't be like, you know, I don't say, who's calling me, babe? You know, I just know who it is. <laughs> Why? Because I know her voice. I know her voice. Do you know after a while when you, when you hear the voice of the Lord, you just recognize his voice? You hear his voice. 
Why? Because you know who it is talking to you. Uh, uh, you recognize the voice of the Lord. So through his voice, and then number four is through his counsel. Through his counsel. By the way, I think this is where we can miss it the most. Yes. It's through godly counsel. And here's why. I don't think it's the first place that you're supposed to hear from the Lord. But if you're not in the word, if you're not abiding by the peace of the Lord and catching the peace of God, if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, by all means, before you make a major decision, get some counsel. It's kind of like the, the safety net. I mean, if you're just like, man, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Well, don't do it alone. Right? Measure twice, cut once. Pray twice, maybe three or four or ten times, and then make a decision. So, so uh, counsel, godly counsel. Um, Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly could be a Google search. The counsel of the ungodly could be the best practices that are out there. Well, I just follow best practices. Yeah, but if that's the counsel of the ungodly, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be what the Lord's leading you to do. But make sure you're asking the Lord first. Right? Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Go to God first. Counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Proverbs 19.20. 19.20 says, Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Notice, listen to counsel. Many people don't seek wise counsel because it doesn't agree with what they want to do. <laughs> I've done it. Have you ever done it? I don't want to ask for wise counsel because I kind of want to do this. Or I'm kind of, I'm not sure they're going to say something different, but I'm not sure they're not. And this is a good opportunity. Can I tell you, do you think that there'll be a good opportunity that's not the will of God, that you should take the opportunity because it's a good opportunity, though it's not God's will? No, of course not. God's not going to, God's not going to give you an inferior opportunity. Whatever it is, if you passed up marvelous opportunities. I'll tell you what, for Abraham, it was better for him not to kill his son. It was better for him not to go sacrifice Isaac. But out of obedience, he had to go and at least take the steps to go do it, right? But because the point was obedience. Sometimes the Lord will ask you not to take the job, not to do this, not to do that. Because he just wants to know you'll follow him and then he'll open, open something up 10 times better. Or he'll lead you back to the opportunity. I've watched God do that too. But what's the point? The point is to follow uh, uh, the counsel. Listen to counsel and receive instruction. Counsel, this is uh, people counsel, godly people. Proverbs 24, 6 says, by wise counsel you will wage your own war. And in the multitude of counselors... There's safety. By wise counsel, you'll wage your own war. Let me encourage you this morning, every big decision that you make, run it by wise counsel. Every big decision that you make, run it by wise counsel. It may be a certain amount of money that you say and you're in your company and you say, well, if it's, if it's X amount or over, we just need to run it by, we need to have some, some, 
some counsel here on this, or if it's an opportunity, or if it's something that you have that you're going to make a major decision. Marriages, I watch marriages, and they'll walk in, and they're, they're jacked up and broken and messed up, and I say, now, how do you guys work together with this? They don't. They work independently. Independent decisions, independent uh, jobs, independent bank accounts, independent gods, not, not gods, but maybe and, then, and I say, well, do you guys ever come together and pray about it? Oh, we can't agree. Well, where there's no, where there's division, there's no provision. So where there's division, there's no provision. Maybe the reason you're having problems and things are breaking down and not working, and maybe the reason you don't get enough coming in or God's not meeting your need is because there needs to be unity and provision. I'm talking about in your marriage, in your, in your life, in your, or godly counsel where you can come together and open yourself up and you're not the only one who knows what to do. Everybody better back off. Well, that's fine. Let's see how that's working out for you. Godly counsel. Godly counsel. It's all throughout the word. By wise counsel, wage your war. So we said number one, uh, that it's part of who we are, hearing from God. Number two is God speaks in different ways. And last of all is this. Our hearing must be developed. Our hearing must be developed. We live in a noisy world. And we have to find some quiet space away from all the, the noise and, and the conversations and the words that are going on. It says in the book of Psalm, Psalms, Psalm 46, 10, it says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Stephanie is right here back here at the back of the room. Yeah. Stephanie is the back of the room. Stephanie, I'm going to tell you some, something very detailed. I want you to catch this, okay? Hey, I would like everybody, um, would you just uh, turn to the person next to you, and I want you to just... Uh, tell them something you did last week. Come on, just tell them. Have a conversation. I'm going to turn off my mic, but I'm going to tell her something. Okay, so no, talk out loud. Talk out loud. Come on, noisy, chatter. Talk out Okay, everybody, we're back. Okay, we're back. All right, we're back. Here we go. We're back. Now, Listen. Stephanie and I have a good relationship. We're friends, right? I've known her from church. She's a woman of God. She's yielded to the Lord. I'm yielded to the Lord. I love the Lord. And I was telling her something, right? Did you catch what I was saying? No, but I said it with a sincere heart. Did you catch what I was saying? No? Did you catch anything I was saying? Not at all. But I told you something that would be a blessing to you. Did you catch what I was saying? No, but I said something that would, I told you something, Stephanie, that would answer the things that you were praying about. But did you catch it? Not, why not? Because you don't care? Because you don't love God? Because you don't love me? What is it, Stephanie? What's the problem? Say it out. What's up? Say it out loud. Say it a little louder. See, sometimes it's not that we don't love God or we don't want to hear from God. What's the problem? 
Come on, what's the problem? Too much noise. And what did God say? Be still. I don't know how to be still. Figure it out. Your life depends on it. Your decisions depend on it. Your family depends on it. Generations to come depend on you being still. Figure it out. God loves you. And he's trying to speak. So our hearing needs to be developed. One way is just to be still. How do we know that it's God? Well, if you look in 1 Samuel, Samuel was a boy and he was, his mom dedicated him to the house of the Lord. And so he lived in the house of the Lord and he was sleeping. And one night he was laying there and he heard a voice speak to him as he was sleeping. He heard the voice. And what did he do? He woke up and he was a, a, like a temple or a tabernacle attendant. So he ran over to Eli, who was a temple priest. And he said, yes, Eli, what did you need? And he said, I didn't speak to you. Eli was kind of almost blind. He said, who are you? Know, I didn't speak to you. Go back to bed. So he went back to bed. He goes back to bed, and uh, so he lays back down, gets to sleep, and all of a sudden, he hears a voice again. He wakes up, runs to Eli, same thing, runs to him a third time, same thing. Well, then Eli, the priest, starts to catch something. Maybe something else is going on here. Maybe God is speaking here to Eli. What is he doing? He's training Eli to discern the voice of the Lord. Sometimes we hear the voice of the Lord, we just don't know how to discern it. We just don't know how to understand it. Look at this in, in uh, 1 Samuel 3, 9. It says, so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, somebody say, let's say this out together. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. By the way, that's a good thing to learn how to say. Say it again. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, so Samuel went back to bed. What did he do? He said, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. He didn't sweat all night. He didn't cry. He didn't moan. He didn't groan. He didn't fast and pray. He just made his heart available to the Lord. And what did God do? God spoke to him, and God said, I'm about to do something shocking in all of Israel. He spoke to a boy. The boy didn't even know it was God. Eli taught him how to recognize the Lord. But I I want to point something out about this. Samuel was hearing God, but he didn't know it was God. Samuel was hearing the voice of God, but he didn't know it was the voice of God. I believe there are times where you're hearing God, you just didn't know it was God. I don't hear God. I think you do hear God. Maybe you just don't know it's God. Or maybe you don't want to hear God. But I don't think that's the case. Hearing God is not based on knowledge. It's not based on wisdom. It's not based on years of study. Hearing God is based on an open heart. Hearing God is based on uh, learning to recognize God's voice when he speaks. Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. It says this. He who has ears to hear. Jesus said it many times. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know what he was saying? He who has a heart to hear, let him hear. Because I know it's not just physical ears. It's a heart to hear. In the book of Revelation, when they're talking to all these different churches, he would say to the church, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. In other words, you want to hear God? When I was a kid, I wanted to hear the ice cream truck. (laughs) Could you tell? Don't laugh. 
I wanted to hear the ice cream truck. So if I had music going on and it was about 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock or whatever and I knew the ice cream truck was going to go by, I had to turn down the other things because I wanted to hear the ice cream truck. Because I knew when the ice cream truck, and by the way, they have some horrible songs on the ice. I just think, oh. I didn't want to hear it because of the music. I wanted to hear it because it was in what was in the truck, right? When you want to hear the voice of the Lord, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You sit up. What is he saying? And sit up, pay attention, have a heart to hear what the Lord's saying. Even if it's not what you want. Even if it's not what you want, have a heart to hear. And let me give you a tip. It's always in line with God's word. Well, how do you hear? How do you hear? You you practice. You practice here. Let me just tell you this as we close here. Uh, Here's how you practice. You take your Bible. You practice. Just like you practice music. If I was going to teach you piano, I would say, well, you sit down, practice these chords, practice these these scales. I don't like to practice. All right? Well, then you're always going to be guessing. Or you're going to play songs like 15 times slower than you're supposed to. Why? Because you didn't practice. Anything you want to do well, you want to run, you know, win a race, you got to practice it. You got to practice form. You want to practice hearing from God? You got to practice hearing from God. Here's how to practice take your Bible, take a journal, take a pen. I started on a yellow pad of paper. You know those yellow pads of paper? I still sometimes like to pull out those yellow pads of paper. And I just put out the yellow pad of paper and a pen and my Bible. Here's what you do. You pray. You start by praying. You say, God, I open my heart to you today. Sometimes you tell him what's going on. God, you know my life. You know what's going on in my situation. And I open my heart. And I read your your word this morning or today. And I ask you to speak to me today. And you read the Bible with an open heart. Slow enough so that you can catch. And you see if anything jumps out at you concerning your situation and your life. And then you write down what you think is God saying to you. I started doing it when I was a teenager. I'm not a journaler, but I journal every day. Because I don't journal because I identify myself as a journaler. I journal because I want to hear from the Lord. And all the people in the Bible, the prophets and all, how do you think they got that stuff in the Bible? They journaled. They wrote them down. How many prophecies do you think that the Lord has spoken that have been come out of your mouth or come out of your heart and you forgot about them today because you never would write them down? I realized for a long time I just was too prideful to journal. So I just start doing it. Now, you know, at my house I have shelves full of them. I don't know if I'll ever read them, but I wrote them down because they were just things that I caught from Scripture, things that I caught from the Word. Let me tell you, practice this. Open your Bible, pray, read the Bible, and write down what you think God is speaking to you concerning that. And you'll find that in the middle of that, some days will be uh, deeper than others, some days will be more meaningful than others, But I can tell you, every single day, you'll find things that the Lord is speaking to your heart. Every single day, you'll find that the Lord is trying to show you. It takes faith. It takes practice. But hearing from God is a learned thing. There's no better way I know how to teach someone to hear God than to do that. To pray, read the Bible, and write down what they think God is saying to them. Tell me, if you'll do it on a regular basis, you'll have 365 days a year to have opportunities. It's not a formula, it's a relationship. 
Well, how often do I hear God? How often do I hear God? I remember hearing Dallas Willard said, uh, he, had the, he said there's different methods that he identified kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way, but he said there's a message, me, uh, message a minute, you know, Christians that are just like, God told me to go left. God told me to turn right. God told me to move this podium back. God told me to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. God told me to go get some lunch. God told me to, and you're like, oh my goodness. Well, that's, that wouldn't be good for you. That wouldn't be good for you for God to talk that much. Just like you as parents, when you're raising up your kids, you wouldn't be like, you know, when they're babies, you say, hey, it's time to eat, it's time to drink, it's time to go to the bathroom, it's time to do this, it's time to do that. You tell them exactly what to do. But after a while, you want them to grow up. You want them to go. God is not trying to every single step, you know, pull out of the driveway to the left, to the right. Sometimes he will to tell you, by the way, to pull out of the driveway to the right and left because maybe there's an accident or something. But keep, keep your heart open. So how often does he speak? He speaks regularly to you. He speaks regularly to you. I know this morning that I was getting up and I, I was running just a little bit. I wasn't running real late, but I was running just a little bit late. And I went and I grabbed my coffee and I sat down and I went to go write out some stuff. And just something inside of me said, are you going to pray? I said, yeah, I'm going to pray. And I did pray. I was praying while I was making coffee. But I just stopped and I put my stuff aside and I just prayed for a while. And man, I had three or four things just come up. I wasn't even praying about them. They were for later on this week. I wasn't thinking about this week. I was thinking about today because there's a lot going on today. And the Lord just put three or four things in my, and I know it was the Lord. I know it was the Lord. Dropped them in my heart. I wrote them all down, wrote them all down, put them aside and said, okay, now I can move on with what I'm doing. Why? The Lord wanted to, to, to direct me on some things. It's important for us to take time to let the Lord direct us. So how often do you do it? As much as we need to. As much as uh, even employers and employees. You don't want to handhold every single step, but you do want them to develop. God wants to speak to us regularly. That's relationship. Nate, if you'll come up here. I want to just close with this story. I'll tell you how important this is. I remember we had launched Memphis Tabernacle on September the 9th, 2018, at East High School uh, on Poplar. On Poplar. And it was a setup and takedown church. Thank you for all those. I don't want to cause PTSD. I remember in 18 degree weather setting up and taking down. And um, uh, uh, but it was a, it was a beautiful time. And um, but I remember we we uh, we we only rented out East High School on Sunday mornings, and then we had some offices. But we really didn't have a place to have prayer, and prayer was really important to us. And so we would pray over, I think it was at Carl and Jenny's house at the time, and we were having prayer meetings there, but we wanted to find a place uh, here somewhere in Midtown or somewhere um, to pray. And so I was, remember I was driving around, and it was two weeks after the church launch. We had just started, I think the first week on the grand opening, because we had visitors and all that, we had 132 people, but then the next week it was like 90-something people. Next week it was like 80-something people or something. So I think it kind of landed there, went about, about 90, and then kind of went for 100 or so people that were, just to let you know the size of the church, we were just started, okay? So I drove by this property right here, and I remember driving by here, and I drove up here, and I thought, well, is that a church? Uh, but I just kind of had a sense, I just kept stopping by here, and I said, well, so I took a, a number over here on the side, and I went, and I was just in the city, and I called, and I said, hey, uh, my name is David. 
we just started a church in, uh, in um, at East High School right up here a couple of weeks ago. But I'm looking for a place for a prayer meeting. Can we just rent a prayer, uh, a place for prayer? Do you have any rooms available? You know, and the guy was like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, you know, for, we rent it out for weddings, something, you know. Uh, he said, it's like $3,500 a wedding. I said, oh, okay, well, this isn't a wedding. This is just for prayer. It's for church, you know, and uh, so would you rent out a room? No, we don't have anything. And I said, oh, are you sure there's no rooms or do you have anything available? No, we don't have it rented. It's not, it, we don't have anything available. I said, okay, okay. Well, I hung up the phone. I, you know, I've had disappointing calls, so I, I don't get depressed about it. I just said, okay. Well, something in my heart, and I know it was the Lord. I said, why don't you call him back and ask him, well, if he won't rent it, how much would it be to buy? Well, we're only, you know, we're only two weeks old as a church. We don't even have 100 people in the church. We probably didn't have even, you know, $10,000 in the bank account. I don't know what we have, maybe far less than that. I don't know what it was. Um, but I called back and I said, hey, how much would it be to purchase it? He said, oh, a million dollars or something. I said, oh, no, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, and I gave him like half that. I was thinking like half that, you know. Such a, and he goes, oh, H-E double hockey sticks no or something, you know. <laughs> I said, well, you know, okay. I said, you know, this is for the Lord. Yeah, a lot of things are for the Lord. I mean, there was no giving. And besides, I don't care if he gave it to us for a tenth of it. We didn't have it. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. I said, that's okay. I said, I, I just wanted to find out, and um, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, but that opened up a conversation. We didn't have a conversation for a long time. What I didn't know was that nine months later, we would be moving into this. We would, as our own property, buying this property, as our own property. Listen, having already two renters in this property that paid for half of the mortgage, and there's so many testimonies uh, in that situation, where it was actually for us to come in here and have access 24 hours a day, it was actually far cheaper than us renting the high school and the, some of the offices that we were renting and some of the storage that we were renting. When just some word that I would consider an uh, you know, like a, well, God, you know, sort of like Jesus telling the fishermen who fish all night, you know, go, go launch into the, uh, cast your nets on the other side. You know, I'm like going, I know he's not a fisherman, he's a man of God, but fish actually swim on the right and the left side of the boat. But nevertheless, at your word, like, Lord, I'll, I'll uh, throw you a bone, so to speak. I'll do it because you said it. Uh, listen, I know that I know just making that one call. Just making that one call. And I didn't press it. Just like Samuel. What did Samuel do? He said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And then he went back to sleep. Just obeying the Lord. Just obeying the Lord. And then the call ends up coming back to us. And we ended up moving in. And there's a series of miracles of being able to move back in. And the Lord has supplied every single way. And I'll have people, as I walk them through the church, and they'll say, how did you get this place? I'm like, I know, huh? It's pretty awesome, huh? Oh, how did it work out? I'm like, I know, huh? See, God in Ephesians 3.20 says, He's exceeding, He does exceedingly, He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly 
above all that you can ask or think, which means your dreams and your thoughts don't even match a little bit the words of God. Sometimes we think I don't need the words of God because I already have my dreams and thoughts and prayers. No, no, no. Your dreams, your biggest dreams and thoughts can't even measure up to the words of God. We need the voice of the Lord. We need the words of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You need the Lord. You need the word of the Lord. Come on, right here in your situation. Whether you're doing good or whether you're doing bad, the Lord knows your tomorrow. Would you say, God, I need your voice. God, I need your words. I need you to speak to me. Right where I am today. And if there's things that you have, questions, things that you have that you need answers for, we have something we could sing. We do. Why don't we just ask the Lord right now for those things? Just ask the Lord for answers on those things. We're going to sing something right now before we're dismissed. But would you just open up your heart right now? Say, God, open up. I open up my heart. I ask you to speak to me. Let me ask this. I don't want to ever leave a service without giving an opportunity for someone to know Jesus as the Lord of their life. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. He died on the cross. He forgave you of all of your sin already. He's provided eternal life for you. He was raised again on the third day. The Bible says that if we would repent of our sins, if we would repent of our own life, in other words, I'm in charge. But no, we say, no, God's in charge now. I give him my life. I give him my decisions. If we would come over and surrender and make him the Lord of our lives, the Bible says that he'll give us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we'd be saved. If you believe that today, would you pray this with me? In fact, could everybody, would you pray this prayer with me today? Would you say, Jesus, I open my heart to you. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And I thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.